Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. What's going on, grappling fans? Hey, what's going on, grappling fans? Welcome back to another episode of Who's Number One. Uh, very excited to have back another one of our, our favorite guests here. Bia Mosquita is joining us on the call from San Diego, California. Bia, how are you doing today? How are things going? Hey, everything good. Great to be with you guys again. Um, just like you, today's a beautiful day, sunny. So just feel so energy and like you ready um, to keep you going on this hard time. <laughs> Yeah, it's definitely a challenge here. We also have Michael Sears joining me on my right and Ricardo Amendolia calling in from Canada. Uncle Ricky, how you been, man? It's been a couple days. What's new with you? Yeah, I'm doing good. I'm, you know, trying to keep the kids entertained, working on a few projects here. <laughs> I'm enjoying the nice cold weather up in Canada, but yeah, no complaints. All good. I'm just taking in the Flow Grappling 24-7 channel. You guys are crushing it. Good job, guys. So happy yeah. to learn more jiu-jitsu, even though I'm at home. <laughs> Bia, what are you doing to uh, keep busy these days? I think uh, you got some mats in your apartment since we last saw you, right? Yeah. <laughs> now I have the mats on the living room all around. And <laughs> I got, like, garden bags and some things to work out, the ropes and things like that. So it's been really fun, like, just learning some movements for Bugarian bag, working out every day. So like that, like, I still, like, more active and, like, having my mind in something else to learn something. So that's, like, a lot better. And just keep you active. Like, I think it's motivating me better. Who are you training with on the mats at your house? You got roommates over there that do jiu-jitsu or? Yeah, I live with Gabby and Paulinho, so the oh, two nice. other black belts. Gabby is one of my best partner training, so it's, like, very lucky to have them here. Are you guys uh, drilling anything specific or are you just trying to roll the best you can in there? No, like, we don't really, I, like, you get a little bit afraid to really roll, you know, like the pojada time. <laughs> we were to break the walls. <laughs> but we drew a lot. Like, when we drew, we tried to do a little bit of, like, everything. And then one of uh, each of us passing one, like, 
or one guard in pass, one of each, and then like a guard, uh, guard sweep, and then one of each. So like this, we keep changing informations, and then like we do a little bit like specific rounds, so we can see, oh, what do you think about this position? How we could escape? Oh, do you think this works? This doesn't. So it's good to be keep changing informations, and we learn a lot with each other. What kind of stuff are you doing with the Bulgarian bag? Like, uh, did you just start doing that, or you have a lot of experience with it? What's that like? No, I used it to train in Bulgarian bag a lot, like back in the days. Um, I had a coach here in San, in San Diego. His name was Steve Nave. Um, he was one of like the first ones that he learned Bulgarian bag and brought, bring it to San Diego. And we used it to train with him a lot, me and Letty. A lot of fighters uh, trained with him, and but he died a few years ago. And then since that happened, we didn't really practice. We had it at the, at the gym, but we didn't really use it anymore. Like we kind of like, oh, it's okay, let's do something else. And then right now that like you, we don't have to do, we just got the bags because you don't need a lot of space to use the bag. So we got the bags, one of each, uh, each of us bring it home, and then we start to practice again, me, Letty, and then like you now we learn more, we, we watch a lot of videos in the internet, like from the from the owner of the Bulgarian bags, the guy who created, and then we learn a lot more stuff, so like back in the days we was even laughing because we have a lot of videos on YouTube from old times <laughs> and then like we just know knew like like three movements and then we be, repeat it like 10 times 15 times like all like for hours doing the same thing and we love it like we didn't complain at all but right now has a lot more to do so it's a lot more fun so like we enjoying it a lot, a lot and it's good like uh, to remember the the good times as well what would what advice would you give uh like beginners or whoever, uh, color belts that uh, a lot of people are looking for advice on how to get better at jujitsu when the gym's not open right now. What what advice would you give people like to get better in this time at home? Not everybody has a, a world class person to spar with in the living room like you. Like for, 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 <laughs> yeah, for normal people. Yeah. Like you know, like I've been doing a lot, a lot of like solo drills. Um, a lot of I, I saw a lot of like uh, black belts already post about that like um, kind of drills that you can do uh, at home and at, at your mat or like your even your carpet in the living room you can do it so I think there are a couple of things that you can just like keep your uh, body active uh, like hipscapes bridge over the shoulder like some like normal things like citrus like things that we use it to do at the at the warm-up at the gym that can keep your body active and like kind of like the muscle memory for jiu-jitsu like technical stand-ups um a lot of solid drills that you can keep you doing that's gonna keep your body active for jiu-jitsu and you don't need a partner to do it you know Bia, uh, a lot of people are spending their time working out but i'd say people are spending even more time streaming stuff what are you watching on netflix right now how are you uh, how are you killing some free time <laughs> It's been hard. I think I have watched everything I like. <laughs> I just, I just finished it like the La Casa de Papel, the fourth mm. one. Uh, I finished it like in two days. It was <laughs> so bad. So right now I'm, I'm, I like it. I'm just like right now. Actually, yesterday I started to watch again one from Brazil. It called Arcanjo. Arcanjo Renegado, but they don't have it on Netflix. Uh, it's on Global Play. That's mm. like a. A, a play from Brazil. Uh, yeah. That I, yeah, global. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
So I, I, I'm watching it there again. It's the third time I'm watching it. But it's really fun because it, it, they film it in Rio. So make me my, like, kind of feel home. And they film in the favelas. And it's a, a police um, uh, series. And it's like 10 episodes. And I'm just, like, watching again. <laughs> what is it? Like a novella? If anybody has something. Um, it's more, more like a... Yeah, kind of a novella. But it's just like... A, Ten, ten times. Like how? How do I say ten of each? Like he, every uh, one hour. Yeah, yeah, episodes. Episodes. Yeah, yeah, episodes. <laughs> so, but it's really fun. <laughs> if you guys have a chance to watch it. <laughs> the, uh, the I think a lot of people really want to know: Have you watched the Tiger King? <laughs> <laughs> no, I haven't. But a lot of people talking about that. But like one friend, like he told me that it's like how like the lion or the tiger like he eat the person and things like that or i, I well this yeah there's a lot more allegedly <laughs> allegedly yeah we, we don't know for sure but <laughs> that's what people think yeah <laughs> somebody probably got eaten by a tiger most likely <laughs> what other kind of stuff you you doing to kill the time over there a lot of these athletes we talk to play video games and stuff what are you doing besides training and uh watching series anything else not really. Gabby has cooking a lot, and then I watch her. <laughs> but not really. I haven't done. I haven't done a lot of things. Um, I li- I'm I moved it where I, where I live has like a hill behind where you can like hike and things like that. So sometimes I go there when it's not raining, when it's a good day. I hike there in the end of the day to watch the sunset and things like that. But not a lot. So Gabby does all the cooking, and you just watch her. Yeah. There you <laughs> She's go. She's so good on it. She cooks all the Brazilian food. She's great on it. There you go. That's <laughs> how it is. Fat. <laughs> That's how it is when you're the greatest of all time, huh? You just get the kickback and let the, the young black thoughts cook for you. <laughs> yeah, Experience, exactly. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. Everything that happens, I say, hey belt hanging. <laughs> and then they said, there's nothing to say, you know? <laughs> um what is a what's the first thing you're gonna do when life goes back to normal Bia? you know what what are you looking forward to the most the most pojada yeah training <laughs> like training hard like but like the real training you know like the competition training that's what I most miss right now uh, because you've been drilling so I don't really miss that to be honest I, I don't really like to drill I really like to train hard I like it, the 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 training that like I'm almost passing out that I train to my limit that I cannot keep you going and then let's say no one more you're gonna go and then I go you know so that's like the feeling that I most miss right now they like to train the the hardest you know do you think that first session is gonna be uh, a little bit tough on people maybe they go ten minutes and <laughs> start to pass out already <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure they will like yeah, even like first five minutes is gonna be the worst for sure and um but like that's why like me Pauline and Gabby were trying to stay active and the other day I went to run with Gabby but I did <laughs> because we we run open the hill, uh, up the hill like because here where we live it's down the hill so we had to go up then to come back down but then we went up like 40 minutes and then I was like just like dying and then the way back was so easy because it was like all the way down and that was how I was thinking when I was going up I said okay the way back is gonna be down the way back <laughs> just to keep it going but my card was so bad 
So right now I'm I'm gonna try to do it more often. So when I go back to train, I I don't really die in the first like two minutes. Maybe I I can survive like the ten. <laughs> What uh? What are you thinking about? Like, it, obviously, we don't know what the schedule is going to be like. But like, like, let's say if they kicked it back up, and all of a sudden there's a bunch of tournaments and events, are you are you going to get right back into competing? You think? Are you looking forward to it? Yeah, yeah, I, I can't wait. To be honest, I can't wait to compete, especially because it, because I lost my last competition, you know. So I really, really, really want to go back so hard and so bad. Um, I really want to feel how I how it's gonna be like after my elbow injury too. Like I feel ready, I feel great. I've been working out. I was training before the quarantine a little bit. Like I just uh, when I arrived here two weeks, like maybe like ten days later, it was the lockdown. So I was able to train like at least for ten days. Like yeah, I was training good, so I was feeling good. And coming back like to, to track, to train hard, to diet and everything, to work out so and then like we was locked down so i really i really 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 want to do that i i want to like go back to the hard train and like compete and f- see how it's gonna be how i gonna feel and how my body's gonna answer you know and to to go back to the top to go back to win to the top of the podium and give a good show to everybody that's like a, what i'm really really looking for right now Gabby, um, today on Facebook, you know when you have those little reminders of things that happened years ago? I got a little reminder of 10 years ago uh, was my first time going to Abu Dhabi. And I remember that was the first time I ever saw you compete. Uh, you you won the brown and black female division there. And mm-hmm. I was, you know, you, you did it in an impressive fashion. And, and my point is, is like you've had a pretty long career, you know, uh, fighting at the highest level. What What sort of competitions do you feel like you know, you want to go back into. I know that you were talking about fighting MMA at one point. Um, obviously, with ADCC, you know, do you do you want to go back and maybe give ADCC and Worlds and some of those other sh- events a, a shot before going to MMA, or are you going to kind of try to do both? What's your goals? Um, you know, once everything kind of settles down with the coronavirus. Uh, I was I was really planning to fight my last world tournament. I was supposed to do like Abu Dhabi and Worlds this year. Um, that was I was really looking for Abu Dhabi because I I won the last year, so I was going to do it again because it, I have like everything paid and it's a beautiful tournament. I love to compete there. And then I was I actually w- would be helping me to get ready for words and then my goal was to do words and get my 10th title and then um go straight for mma and just like focus on that and for the last six months of the year and for sure i would like keep training no gi so i would join more the no gi tournaments maybe like words no gi um adcc 100 sure i want to be back and i was just like going to do more no gi but keep competing at jiu-jitsu you know i don't really want to stop competing because i think it's important um to keep motivating people that like to watch me and like it's one thing that i love you know like i have doing this all my life so it's it's gonna be hard to just like stop completely but at the same time i mean i know that i have to give a hundred percent focus on mma because something really new for me so i wanna i wanna go a hundred percent putting my focus all on it but uh, i'm glad that i can like also keep doing no gi because it's part of the training so i i won't like leave jiu-jitsu but i'm gonna be focused more on the stand up and white tie things like that that are what i most need but i will be training no gi every day so i think it, that's gonna help me 
to be ready for tournaments like World No B or ADCC and things like that. So I won't be completely out of Jiu-Jitsu, but my idea is to focus more in the MMA because I want to really do my debut. That was my fault. That was my my goal before the the, the virus. But right now, I, I, I'm just, like, waiting to see how it's going to be, how it's going to be the tournament schedule and things like that, to know, like, what I'm going to do. Or should I compete to competing um, the gi tournaments and then go to MMA or just, like, focus straight on MMA? Um, I don't really – I'm not really sure right now, but that was supposed to be my goal, to get the 10th title and then go to MMA. Do you have any idea where you would be fighting MMA yet? Have you talked with anybody or you just don't know? Um, I have talked to a few tournaments, uh, one in Brazil and the other one was Rising that, uh, um, uh, actually Morango talked to them, uh, because Morango want to do one more fight and we were supposed to do, uh, my debut was supposed to be with his next fight, one more fight that he want to do. And so it would be really nice to fight like he at the same time as him. But uh, we're not sure yet which what, what one which one we're gonna do. We just like he discussing about it with some some tournaments. But I'm sure like anyone that we decide to do, it's gonna be great. I'm just really excited to see the cage locking down and the real fight. <laughs> hey, uh, Bia, I have a question for you. Um, you know, anyone that's followed your career or seen you on social and seen you at the tournaments. We know that Leticia Ribeiro, you know, a huge part of your, you know, your training and your support system. And, you know, uh, we know she's got a killer team out there. She's doing a great job in San Diego and how integral that must be part of your training. But um, we're actually doing uh, a new show on Flow Grappling that's going to debut tomorrow. And we're going to start looking at some of the legends of the sport. And one of the people we're focusing on um, for next week's episode will actually be Hoyler Gracie. So we're going to talk about Hoyler and uh, Gracie Maita. Can you give me a little bit of background on, you know, how, what it was like to train with Hoyler? I, I mean, I don't know if you trained many times or not, but maybe, you know, um, your, maybe your story about getting to train with or, or seeing Hoyler and being part of the Gracie Maita and maybe what Hoyler has brought as far as a legacy to jiu-jitsu in the sport. Um. I think, like, he, when I first had, like, Hoyler in the mat, like, he was just, like, a great energy, you know? Like, because he's, like, he, the, he's a legend, you know? Like, he, he, he everything he did for Jiu-Jitsu is just, like, so amazing. And uh, I'm really glad to, to be part of the Grace team because he, uh, my Jiu-Jitsu is really basic. And, like, I think that's something really good because he... I watch sometimes the fights from Hoyler and the Gracie family, and then like I really see um, how the simple jiu-jitsu works, and that's how I feel when I I fight sometimes. You know, like I don't really I don't really do fancy stuff, but I do the basic that works, and that that is like what I, I, I learn a lot from the Gracie family. And training with Hoyler is it's amazing. Like he, sometimes I know what he's gonna do. Because he has done like two, three times during the train, but I still cannot stop him because he's just so good on that, you know. And so it's just amazing. It's just like a good energy. He's a amazing guy. He he's fun and he has a lot to teach. All the time he goes to the gym, he teaches a different thing and like just simple basic but it's so efficient so that's like what i most love um i i had the opportunity to to do a 
great to my time meeting uh, with Hoyler and Royce and, and Ralph. And it was the, one of the most fun times that I had. I also did a self-defense course 10 days with a Hoyler. Man, it's incredible. I always tell everybody that has a chance to do that. It's so nice. I, I didn't really like self-defense back in the days. But once I did the course, I started to learn more when I did the physical education in Brazil also. Um, a lot of people asking me to, to do in the class. A lot of, of my, my teachers knew that I do jiu-jitsu. And they asked me. So I studied a little bit about self-defense. And that was when I started to get more interested to it. And after the course, I was like, oh, my God. That's like so much different than what I thought. So I think that's like something that people should like really look for because it's the real jiu-jitsu that you can use like out of the mat you know like to self to, to protect yourself so it's something that i uh, i think uh, jiu-jitsu coach should look up more especially for the beginners the beginners class um there is a lot of things that you can teach and to help people and to teach the beginners how to to protect themselves how to to get it better and it's also jiu-jitsu you know so you won't like you get out like of the jiu-jitsu class um so it's just like it, it's just amazing like everything that i have learned with with hoyler and all the gracie family and i'm really glad for how they have done for for us and in jiu-jitsu and a lot of people doesn't know the the history i i didn't know before but after i started to get more contact with them i started to hear a lot of stories about then and everything so it's really it's really cool to know about all the jiu-jitsu back in the days yeah i was um reflecting a lot on hoyler's career today specifically just preparing for next week's episode and you know man he's done you know did everything adcc worlds pans mm -hmm. uh, mma fought fought guys you know so much bigger and, and sometimes with yeah. all the you know the explosion of the new generation of jiu-jitsu we kind of forget some of these legends so it's really important for us to kind of uh, talk about them. um one thing i wanted to ask you though you, you were talking about self-defense which i found really interesting you, you're at you know grace Maital, south bay you guys have a you know really big competition school but how many people do you yeah. think are walking in the door just looking for self-defense and how many people are looking for, you know, training for competitions? If you had to say like out of 10, could you, how could you scale that? Um, I think to be honest, most of people uh, coming to the gym uh, to learn jiu-jitsu, but they don't really know uh, what is like he, uh, jiu-jitsu for tournament and what is like just like for self-defense, you know, they don't really know how yeah. to, to compare it. But uh, I would say, like, in our gym, we have a lot of comp competitors, but we still have most of it people. Uh, we have a lot of navies and, and policy guys, so they they look a lot for the self-defense part. Because, like, we really close it to one of the marines, I think, um, departments. So we have a lot of them, like, coming interesting, because I think they have obligation to do, like, one time in the during their the processing in the marines and the navies that they have to do a, a martial arts outside so a lot of them coming into the school looking for that looking to learn the self-defense and looking looking up like just to, to to learn something that they're going to be able to use in their work 
And a lot of the students that are policy, they all also like want to learn how to how to do the self defense and things like that. So uh, we have like I would say like today the academy would be like half and half, half people competitors and half people that want to learn um, a lot about self defense and the basic jiu jitsu. Also because we have a lot of beginners, so I think beginners most look for for the to learn the beginning stuff and then after they get like interested to it and then they look up to the to the competition a lot too it's like i think also because we have a lot of competitors at the gym so kind that like we encourage them to do it so after they learn a little bit of the training and how when they start to roll and they say oh that's fun i want to do competition too you know speaking of uh competition uh you're somebody, I mean, you're a nine-time world champ. You said you're going to go for the 10th one. What is it that you love about competition so much? What is it that got you uh, hooked on competing? Um, I think the the better thing about jiu-jitsu is you never know what's going to happen inside the match. Like, even you can be, you can have fight the person, like, 10 times, 20 times, you never know how it's going to be. It's always a different thing. Sometimes, like, you can pull guard. Sometimes they're going to pull first. Sometimes you're going to be able to pass. Sometimes you don't. Sometimes you're going to submit fast. Sometimes they will submit to you. So I think, like, the the fact of every time the different things, something new, make me so excited. I want to go there and see how it's going to be. Uh, I want to go there and test everything that I have done training for the camp and see what's going to work better, what won't work. So I think like the 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 fact that's always a different thing makes me so excited to go there and like, oh man, what's going to be now? Like how it's going to be? What are going to be able to do? Will I be able like to do everything that I did during the train or sometimes I just going to do something that um different that I, oh wow I don't I didn't remember like training these but it didn't work at at the tournament because I had the opportunity to do or so like things like that oh, oh I had a this mistake or that so I should get better on these and that so I think this makes me like really excited for competition more than just like be training because it, it's like kind of um, in school we use it to study a lot and then we have the test to see how much like we learn it and kind of this that I, how I feel with competition how much I have a learning what else that I need to learn what I need to study more what I have to practice more so it's kind of like balance my training too. Yeah, I gotta I gotta ask you something that's that I've been thinking about. Um, you know, because I've seen you compete, like I said, since 2010. I watched you in Abu Dhabi. I watched you in ADCC. I watched you in World Pro, the Worlds, you name it. I've seen it. Now, one thing I've noticed about you is you have a look of intensity when you get on the mats, and it's like scary because, like, sometimes they'll look at their <laughs> opponent and they're a little bit smiling, and then they look at you and you're like, you're not mean mugging, but you yeah. look so focused <laughs> and so serious. What is going through your head? Why are you looking so scary? Like, is it game planning? Is it focus? <laughs> are you trying to intimidate your opponent? You got to give me a little bit of the secret sauce so we can start sharing the, the secret stuff with the other students here. Because it's it's intimidating. Even for us, we're commentating. You know, we get to see you. It's, it's awesome. So tell us what's going through your head there. Like, uh, it's, it's really funny because a lot of people talk about that. And it started, like, very, like, normal to me. Uh, I have never thought about that uh, until people talk to me and ask me about that, that situation. But I have in my mind 
uh, it's like totally automatically my face changes like and I, I don't really think about like when it's happening you know um, I just see always before my fights uh, even when I'm in the warm-up area I start to think a lot about everything that I have done uh, during the training and uh, the camp everything that I uh, that I have like passed through all the hard times um, uh, how long I had to be far from my family everything that my parents had done like in the past for me to be there uh, everybody that it trusts on me uh, all my, my friends my teammates uh, my coach everything that I have training I have done um, to be on that time because uh, we sometimes we train for um, one two three months sometimes you know like to be there for one day uh, maybe yeah. two if you go to the finals and semifinals so usually when when I'm there right before the fight I just think a lot about it thinking how much I deserve to be there how much um, how much hard I have worked to to go there and give you a good show a beautiful show so I think a lot about my my army race um, submissions like everything that I want to do during the fight I, I then like start like to come like a, a film like very hard in my mind so I think that's why my face changed a lot because I think <laughs> like um, how hard I gonna fight, how hard I gonna go, how I gonna give you everything inside the match. So I think because it, this is going to my mind, then my face changed, and then I think about like just winning and going to the podium, getting the gold, everybody like celebrating. So this comes a lot, and then like <laughs> I change my face, like just like. That's how, like, I don't really see what's around. It's just, like, in, in my eyes, it's like it's going through this movie, you know? And so I think that's why I changed my face. But it's not really to intimidate anybody, but it works sometimes, so that's good, too. <laughs> we're going to, we're going to, next time you compete and you're doing that, we're going to say it's the Bia Zone. You're in the zone. <laughs> yeah. We're going to call it the yeah. Bia Zone. We're going to say hashtag be a zone she's in the be a zone right now so look out yeah she gets ruthless i always say she's basically the only girl who doesn't give the opponent a hug after she taps them <laughs> all the other girls hit an arm lock and they hug the girl right away Bia just gets up and walks away in, in that be a zone i i hug then after i raise my <laughs> so uh that's pretty interesting so uh to get in the right mindset uh to go compete you do a lot of re- reflection on the on what it took to get there that's pretty interesting i haven't heard that one before uh, what else? Yeah, what, I think that helps a lot. What else do you do? Do you got like a particular type of music you like to listen to, or like a, a warm up routine you like to go through? Uh, to warm up, I do. I don't really like to warm up a lot because I get worried to get tired for the fight. <laughs> so, um, actually, lately I have done, especially for the finals, because we don't we don't have any fights for the girls in the day. So especially for the fight finals at words, um, I do a little bit drilling in the warm up area, and depending on the girl who I gonna fight. So if I wanna pull first, I drill a lot of pulling guard, or if I wanna get the, like, try to take down, or like if I have any particular sweep or passing that I wanna do in with like in that fight that I think that's gonna work better, I drill that a lot, uh, just like to get my body on the mood to the fight. Uh, but I don't really like to like for the open classes or the 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 weight division. I don't really warm up the weight division, especially at words, because the, I have done already the open classes. So my body is already more than ready to fight. And 
for the for the weight class some for before the open class sometimes what I do is like I work a little bit the genetic natural there's like to move and my hip and things like that so that helps a lot because I do a lot of genetic natural during the camp too so that that's what like my body's use it to do so that's what I use it for warm-up but I I just like get really really worried to my body get tired so I don't don't really really warm up but the music is always like in between I, I have some raps that like motivated me like that talks about like persistence and how like you deserve it to 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 get through your goals and things like that but pretty much in the end uh, after the warm-up and like I get in the mood I I listen to funk or things like that that make me more like excited you know Bia, are you one of those people that uh, you th- maybe the first match of the day is the toughest? I know a lot of people have like an adrenaline dump and they almost die, but then the rest of the day is easy. Is that how it is for you out there? <laughs> yeah, it was always like that. Uh, like he, I feel that like the first match is the hardest one ever. Uh, feels like all your adrenaline, everything come to your body and like my grips, like it doesn't matter if I fight 10 or two minutes, my grips is going to be dead. Like, when I get out of the mat, like, my arms are so hard. And I just, like, think, oh, my God, how am I going to do, like, five more fights? And then, like, after I get out of the mat, it just, like, goes away, like, all the adrenaline. And then it, it gets, like, a lot easier for the next one. I think the body is already warm. And then you're already in the mood of the fight, you know, like, that everything you have done start to work in the fight. So... I don't know, like, it's just, like, that clean away. And even something that I feel, too, is even worse before the, the first fight. After you step and you start the fight, gets already a little bit away. And then after you've done the, the first match, like, you feel tired. But then, like, the other fights is, like, all easier. All right. So, uh, I think we're going to get into uh, some of the matches that we uh, cut uh, to clipped out uh show the first one was i i actually shot this when we were at uh brazileto last year this is your final i can't remember if this is your weight class or the absolute final it was one you you won two golds there but here's one of your finals from the yeah. absolute if you want to uh play that caleb and then let be talk about what's going on here uh let me check he i think he this was the open class yeah yeah um, I have never fought this girl. She was tough. She won like some girls that I had watched fighting again already. And I was just like, yeah, I really, I didn't really know her game. So I was just like thinking about to do like my game so I could pull guard. And I think, I think she was worried to fight with me too because she had never fought, but for sure she, she had saw me competing already. So I think she got a bit late in the fight because she Probably she was sinking too much. I don't know. And then um, was good because I was able. Uh, you can see I was able like to sweep and then like in the past I went straight to the back. That is one of my strongest um, positions, taking the back, just just as arm bars. So uh, after I get the back, I feel so comfortable there. It's really hard to take me out of the back, uh, the back position. So once I get there, it's just like, oh, okay, I'm home now, you know? <laughs> and then just like work it to don't lose the position, get the submission after that. No, I think, yeah, this so, girl was from, she was from High and Gracie or something. I think there were some really good girls that went down in this Brazilian, absolute. yeah. Yeah, I think like Fionn and Claudia, there were some really good girls that lost in this absolute for sure. 
Yeah, and 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 she she won against like some like tough girls. So I was like surprised because I have never saw her competing uh, a lot in the high level. I think she didn't have the opportunity. I think she was the one of the girls that uh, um, was went, uh, sent back to Brazil when she was trying to come for worlds. Mm. Uh, so she had she didn't have like the opportunity to compete at worlds. So maybe that's why I haven't seen her at Panams or worlds because she has never come to United States. So it, this is one of the things that I mostly like competing in Brazil because we have a lot of talents that it doesn't have opportunity to travel. So, man, we sometimes when I go to Brazil, I get like, so, oh, my God, who is this girl? She's doing, like, so good. And I have never seen her, like, where I was, what I, where I was looking at that I didn't see those girls competing, you know? So um, that's what, like, we have a lot of talents in Brazil, uh, people that doesn't really have opportunity to be traveling and doing the big tournaments, but they are just so good at jiu-jitsu. So that's one of the things that I, I most like to to compete in Brazilian nationals because I have the opportunity to see all those girls and compete against them. It's just amazing to see the, the new generation. You have a, a great guard, obviously, but whenever you get on top, we see you just really go to work and really start attacking and get after the girls. Just like right here, I mean, right after you swept, you basically run the back within 20, 30 seconds. Is that, uh, do you consider yourself more of a, a guard player or a passer? What do you prefer? Um, I I always prefer guard. If if I can play guard, I gonna I gonna choose play guard. I'm a guard player since since ever. <laughs> but in the black belt level, I start to pass more guard because um, especially on my division, the light divisions, all the girls play guard. So it was like just a lot of double pulls, and I was getting I I got it one time disqualifier. I don't know if you guys remember against with Tommy. Tell me, was a mess. We oh, both got disqualifiers at Panams. Yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, it was a pan. And so after that fight, I got like so disappointed to myself that I start to play a lot more top and passing guard. I said, man, that can never happen anymore. And so that's when I was really focused on passing guards and things like that. I used it to I, I already played like things. I was brown belt. I started to play before brown belt. I had nothing pass guard like zero passing guard. <laughs> I was like use it to sweep. Let it tell, talk about this a lot. When I sweep the girl, I was finding I was fighting fighting to find a way to go back to the bottom. Because I hated to be on top. Like I was so scared to the passing guard. So after my brown belt, I started to play more top, of course, to get a more complete game. And then after the black belt level, I totally decided that I had to play top because it was just so so many girls playing guard and bottom game. So I didn't want to like be stuck and after the fight with Tom was the the end of the road they said I'm gonna pass now so lately I've been uh, passing a lot uh so always when I double pull I go on top and I just try to pass I don't hold anymore in the double pull or things like that uh but if I can play guard I of course I love to play guard and um I think that's a lot better if I can start the fight with two points so uh, because it's so hard to take it down I, I, I train a lot of takedowns but we don't have time to play takedowns, like especially on on my division. So I just like look for the to pull first to get the two or the double pull and go go up with the advantage to pass. And I think that one of the most things, like you said, uh, when I right away when I get on top, I accelerate the fight to try to pass. 
because for me who is a guard player if i can i i'm able to get like my good position on bottom if i'm able to get my grips and to do my guard my guard game it's um harder for the girl to pass if they start to slitting me uh, right away uh i get like i ha- i need more time to to set up my my sweeps so that's why when right away when i get on top i start to slitter because i think that's like the timing easier to get the pass Bia, you mentioned that uh, you know you you like to you prefer to play guard. You're a guardata, right? So what? How did you develop the guard that you have? Because when I see you compete, it's 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 not one particular position of guard that you play every match. Like we just saw you pulling single leg X. I know you have an amazing close guard. I've seen you with spider guard. I've seen you with all yeah. sorts of different guard positions. How, what do you attribute your guard? Um, game from was it one particular person that kind of helped you develop it or or can you explain that a little bit because i like i said you're very diverse and, and i want to learn from that uh i think like my close guard it was always it's something that i bring since my maybe like blue belt is something that i got really strong uh, is my close guard. So it's like he, if there is a place that uh, you would say during the fight, if you need to to go to one particular position where you would go, I would say close guard 100%. And But like my open guard, I like a lot to play single X and X guard. I think he, this came more to fight a lot of uh, open class because I think he's one of the easiest uh, ways to sweep bigger girls i think uh, um i feel that when i fight with the bigger girls if i go to to x guard if i if i'm under them it's harder for them to to put a pressure on me and it's easier to get a leverage to sweep them so i think in my x guard the way that like i play more single x and and x guard is more because of that because a lot of open class trainings and competitions and that make me feel more comfortable in the situations with the bigger girls so when I get like the small girls, so it's even easier because uh, um, the the leverage that I get to sweep, uh, it's a lot like more strong in the in the under under the the girls like in the X or single X. You mentioned uh, the open class. Yeah, you've always fought the open class. You fought some girls who are a lot bigger than you. What do you like about fighting the open class? I think it's a big challenge. I, I think he, I always fought the open class because I I I feel like a. Uh, huge challenge of course always when i go i want to win that's like he no no question about that but i i feel that it is more i have no uh no pressure you know i don't i don't have pressure to win because i'm a lightweight fighting with the bigger girls sometimes like you said like sometimes girls are double off my weight so i just look up to the open class as a challenge as like he uh, testing my jiu-jitsu see looking what it like it works like for the little person to fight against the big person and of course i think everybody loves to see like the small one to to be the big ones so that's something that motivated me to like to compete in open class and it's like the the jiu-jitsu, the great jiu-jitsu also like when they say like the big guys can beat like technique can beat anything so that's like where i look up to the open class to challenge myself have you done uh, the open class throughout your entire career at jiu- uh, in jiu-jitsu or did you start doing that uh, later on in the, in the belts? No, since the blue belt, I do I do open class. Since they allow, um, because the first one, the first time I competed at the, uh, the blue belt, 
I think they didn't have, like, in 2007, I think they didn't have open class for the blue belt in my weight class or something like that. So I think since he, but it, but I have done in Brazil already. Uh, it, this was I mean for worlds, but since my blue belt, I done uh, open classes in Brazil. Actually, to be honest, since my yellow belt, because when I didn't have fight on my weight division, my parents and my coach always used it to put me in the in the higher in the higher division to get a fight. So I, I hated when I go to the tournament, I didn't have fight. So always when like in the time to change the the weight class or. The, the bell was the the time that they move up or or to to get like some fights so i think yeah since my yellow bell they use it to, to do open class like that this way <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do to get a fight sometimes That's yeah because you started yeah. competing you started competing super young right what age yeah i think i was seven when i first started to compete six seven yeah i started it with five and i think my first competition was maybe with six or seven years old i was really young yeah, because I used to coach kids, and you got to do that all the time with them because they, they, there's not that many kids. So okay, you got to fight a bigger yeah, kid. Yeah, exactly. Time. Yeah, and imagine it back in the days in Brazil, like he, nine, seven, nine, eight. You know, like he was like he wasn't a lot, especially for us. I, I, I fought the red one girl with guys because in Brazil we not allowed to fight girls and mix and match the, the the fights like we do here in a lot of tournaments so in brazil we don't we never see fights um, girls and boys against each other's here in the u.s is re- really common but in brazil we're not allowed to do that and back in the days i was one of the first girls that fought against um, a boy and i i won so i think that's why people stopped to do that in brazil because it to hurt the boys feelings you know they didn't really want that to happen so they they don't allow it in the morning any of the tournaments they just like he mix the weight class or sometimes the belt if they don't have fight but they they never do girls again against boys i have a uh, question for you here from the facebook comments from a guy ronnie walker uh who it says who are your favorite competitors to watch in the male and female divisions who are the people that you just like watching them compete that they're exciting for you in the male division, I like to see the light guys. I like to watch Bruno Mofasini a lot. I, I think the uh, exciting match. He's always like um, fighting hard and like a lot of positions. They they don't hold a lot, so I think that's more fun to watch than sometimes like the middleweights or light that they they get more stuck in some positions. So because to be honest, jiu-jitsu for me, I just like to watch when it's like a a, a fight that happens a lot of things. If you get st- stuck in a position for one two minutes, I'm already looking to the side. So that's like he, that's like why that's why it's hard to see some some of the fights of the guys that are like are stronger or or more uh, heavier weights and. For the girls, um, for the girls, it's kind of the opposite. I see that the girls, like small girls, like they stall a lot. But one of the fights that I like to see is like he, the the big match, like Jazari against um, um, the 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 girls that she used to fight, like this for the 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 finals. Um, what's her name? I forgot. Yeah. They decided Talita. Talita, Talita, Talita. Mm-hmm. Yes, Talita. So I like that match that it like he has like something particular, you know. So it's fun <laughs> a little to personal match. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little personal thing. So if I see that's a match that has something personal, I always love to watch because I know it's gonna be a lot of fun and fun stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I got another question here for you. It says, uh, "How do you? How does it feel to be a role model for the young girls in jiu-jitsu? 
Um, I think, especially in the days that uh, what I live every day at my academy is so important uh, to show them that jiu-jitsu is not just uh, a sport or self-defense or something they're going to do. It's, um, it's a, um, a job, you know, like you can live for jiu-jitsu. If you love what you do, it's so easy to be successful on that. So that's what I most like to show the girls that um, I go to the tournament because I love it, because I have fun, and because that's gonna because the way I I love what I do, it's gonna become my job, and I'm gonna make money with that, so I don't have to do anything else. So um, to live, you know. So once you love what you do and you dedicate yourself a hundred percent, you can live from that. So that's what I most like to show them and, and to show them that you have it to like it, to enjoy, to be training, to enjoy, to go to the tournament. And um, that's what I see a lot in the girls. They love it. They love it, the hard training. Most of the girls and, and the boys too. But I, but we talk a lot of more about the girls because we have a lot of the girls in, in the team, that in the competition team. Because in the academy, we have... A, the regular class and we have the competition team where you have to be able uh we get like a certificate and a patch to join the classes so we have like to be really good on your the regular class to be able to join the the competition team and then like once i i see the girls in the competition team they they love that that training you know um they love to train hard they love to push their self and they love to go to the tournament they feel like so like warriors, you know, walking their geese through the fights to the mat, and I love to see that. And uh, um, the way how I think they look up, and I see that like a lot in some um, how they act. Um, a lot of girls start to to raise their arms and to point the number one, just like I do in the ends of my fights, you know, and giving the hearts, you know. So I see that. So they, they saw me doing that in my fights and they start to do when they compete too. So I think this way when I look and I see that, I think that's just so cute the way they do it. And I said, man, like, I think I'm like, I'm doing the right thing. I'm inspiring them and I'm showing them that like they can do this, uh, whatever they want and not just like for jiu-jitsu, but for their life. If they love what they do, if they do into, if their heart and their patient, that that's going to be successful. Bueno. Kyle, could you pull up the uh, next clip, uh, Bia? This next one that we pulled uh, is your 2019 final from the Abu Dhabi World Pro. Uh, talk a little bit about competing. It's, it's cool to compete in the finals of this tournament, right? They really put on a big show. Man, it's beautiful. It's like so beautiful the way they they put it the arena and the lights and the music and like the smoky when you come walking through um, and it's nice too because it, I have fought like 10 years already in Abu Dhabi so a lot of people knows, knows me there so when I walk into the mass they start to scream my name like to, to, to talk go go and so that feeling it's something really different um, you really feel like in a show so it's like just like it's not just thinking about the fight and how much I want to win, but how much like I want to do a beautiful show, fight good, fight hard, you know. And this finals was against Fiona, one of like um, the the biggest um, girls that is coming up right now in jiu-jitsu. So it was a great match. I was without competing a, a tournament when I fought Abu Dhabi. I wasn't going to do it because um, I was overweight. 
um, because of, of some particular things. And I was so hard to make weight for that tournament. And I then I thought to fight it seventh uh, and over. But then I started to do a lot of diet and uh, work with my nutritionist and work out a lot. So my, my weight started to go low. And then I decided to do 62 because it was my regular weight division. And then the finals against her, she, I think she had to be meet out the fights and me too before the finals. So, and also uh, fighting Abu Dhabi is also hard because we have uh, a pre-fight one day before. We have uh, um, the... Um, qualifiers yeah to, the qualifiers to to join the 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 bracket the main bracket and for brazilians always hard because they have a lot of good brazilians you know <laughs> and yeah. so that was something hard um they i think that they was going back to see if there was a two points but she had pull first before they grab her legs oh, and that's okay. one thing that i that i think it's really cool too how they do how they can like they go back just to watch pretty quick and then they they can make sure it was right or not. Then they say, oh, no, it was go," and then they keep it going. And it doesn't take a lot of time. It was just about the takedown time. But she was pulling already. But it was a tough fight. Uh, she's a, a girl like that fight hard, fight forward. So it's never easy fight. You have to really be ready. But I could, um, I think I, I got a sweep and went through the back in this in this match. But... Uh, it was an exciting match. In fighting Abu Dhabi is nice, be also because it's like only six minutes fight, you know. So I think that's uh, that's fun, not too like too long, not too short, enough to enough to to have like a really porradaria. <laughs> <laughs> Pia, I got a question for you. Um, you started off the match in the Bia zone as usual, and uh, Fion pulled guard. <laughs> she gets that collar sleeve. Work, she worked that left leg to the outside Delahiva, and you really, really go low, um, trying to, to, to get rid of that Delahiva hook and passing from that. It looks like you stacked her. Um, is there a particular reason that you're getting so low to try to pass the Delahiva that way? Can you talk through that a little bit? Uh, not really. Uh, usually when I, I, I don't like to leave the De La Riva because that's how they can go Betty Bolo and things like that. So always when I get it, when people get the De La Riva like that, to me, I try to, to block the leg because see, as soon as they get it like there, it's easier to flip you to the side. So always when I have, I have a chance to go low and get my hand inside, for me, it's the best way to kill the De La Riva because once they start like to lift their hips, it's already so hard to go back. And then that that's like the way I think it's better, like to kill the De La Riva and then to have to switch the, the, the sweep. And see, again, I'm fighting to put my hand inside and then she has like to, to, to switch. And see, it's always like the, the thing that I like is always like he excited Matsy with, with Fion. She doesn't stop. She's just like yeah. trying to fight hard. And uh, I, I think that the thing about like she, she played top and bottom too she's a ju judo girl and like she pull a guard too so i think that's like he excited to fight her because it, we never know what's gonna happen and but i'm i i'm glad that now i pass a lot but the mats in abu dhabi they are so slippery so hard to pass guard there because he once you try to stab stabilize the position he slide a lot outside and then like the people is just able to to escape from the position and then it's like my best position close guard <laughs> yeah i got another question I um 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I think like people, um, people like that stand up in the guard uh, get already like a easier way to pass because if for guard players, um, it's better if you stay low because you have a lot of more opportunity to sweep. So Fiona is one of the girls that I always stand up. Two girls that I see that stand up a lot in the close guard right away is Fiona and Ana Carolina, Ana Carolina Vieira. Two girls that are like they are passing guarders, and that's one thing that uh, I figured out a lot. They always stand up, and that's one thing that I do too. I never stop in the close guard. I, I always stand up right away. So I think that's a classic thing from passing guard girls. Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, uh, I have a question. One of my uh, big fans, this guy named Bear, he owns a little company called Shoyer Roll. He keeps asking me a question. Um, he wants to know: Do you like the six-minute matches that are in Abu Dhabi? You know, you've been fighting there for ten ten years now. Um, do you like the six minutes over the ten? Do you feel it's more exciting, more dynamic? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I like it a lot better the six minutes than the ten minutes. I think ten minutes is too long. There is no way to fight ten minutes hard all the time. Yeah, you know, at some point, at some point, you're gonna have to hold back because it's too long. So there's like no way to be fighting hard, hard, hard for ten minutes. Um, the card goes away, and especially in the adrenaline, um, not just in the finals but every match. So I think the six minutes is something good because you can you can go hard and just take your time like to the, go hard for the submission but at the same time you can have to think about the to hold the the points uh and the 10 minutes you just like sometimes you do some points in the beginning and then like you don't do anything else because you have to rest to maybe if you have to attack in the end or things like that so i think kind of too 10 minutes is too long i think five minutes is short so maybe six minutes i'm really used to that especially because of abu dhabi so i feel really comfortable fighting six minutes i think it's a good time you say that bia but here we are oh, never mind i was gonna say two minutes left were you starting to feel a little bit nervous you know you were down by two points obviously you're now in the driver's <laughs> yeah. seat but was that getting to you did you feel a sense of urgency before you got to the best spot in jiu-jitsu <laughs> Uh, yeah, like I was like very, uh, I was worried about like to get stuck on the bottom because that that happened to me already a few times before. Um, that girls that get points on me and then when they get in the close guard, they don't really worry. They wanna to just like to be defending themselves. Um, so just like to to don't get like the points back, you know. So they just like kind of protect themselves and defend, like to not get it to where a person we meet it. So that's like it's something hard because then I don't have a lot to do. Um, when I, I feel that when the opponent open up like to re really fight, it's easier and better because then we have more opportunities and things to do. Uh, comes up a lot of more positions and that helps a lot the the, the movement keep it going. So when they just like be defending their staff to fight, like it's hard to fight by myself. Like I have to do everything, you know. So when they fight hard back, it's better because then come up a lot of positions and situations that make things easier. So that was like the situation. As soon as she get up, it was easier to to fight and get in my my positions and get easier to fight and the points back. How much do you appreciate an opponent like Fionn, like who, like you said, you know that she's going to come out and fight, that she's not going to try and just, you know, stall or, or, you know, win by an advantage, that you know that she's going to come after you and it's going to be a good match? Uh, I love girls that fight like that. Not just the girls, but the guys too. I think um, we have, like, 
Uh, not a lot of girls that fight so hard. I think he, Kari Antunes is on another g girl that fight hard all the time. Uh, I was excited to watch her match because I know that's going to be a, a, a big show. Gabby, my teammate, she always fight for the submission too. I think he, I think from my team, we are used to do that even in the training every day, every time. So I think it's easier. But uh, when I see girls in, from the other teams like fighting hard, fighting forward, I think it's really excited to watch because something that I really look for to have in my in my fights in my match. Uh, I've never fight Karin. She's like uh, smaller than me, but I appreciate when I see the girls like fighting like always forward and fighting hard. Uh, like Michelle Nicolini was to do back in the day. So I really appreciate the girls that that fight for the submission, fight forward, and then it, it make the match exciting and you never know like how it's gonna end up and how, what's gonna happen. We've talked with a lot of athletes, like uh, I know Gordon says this, Marigali says this, who they get disappointed when they win if it's not by submission. Are you like that? Are you? Do you want everyone to be by submission? And you're like, oh, damn, this sucks if I didn't tap the person? No, not really. Of course, I love to, to, to win by submission. But um, especially like in the high level, it's just like, especially semifinals, finals. It's like some fights like that are, are so hard, so it's hard to make them tap. They're not like they're like uh, just like as you. They want to make you make you tap too. So it's sometimes it's hard to happen. This submission and I sometimes I get I, I it happened to me before already uh, that to get mad in a fight that I didn't submission, but then I wor work it on my mind and that's like not something that I uh, should happen. I should have in my, in my mind that uh, if I fought good, if I fought forward, if I did it all I had to do, that I could do, uh, I should be proud of the fight, you know. So that's uh, how I start to think about that. So uh, you can go ahead and cut this one, Kyle. Uh, so the next uh, thing I wanted to talk about with you was your, your gold medal at ADCC in uh, 2017. I believe that was your, was your second ADCC, correct? Yeah, I fought the first one in 2015 in Sao Paulo. Yeah, uh, so, I lost to Mackenzie. Yeah, yeah. So 2017, talk a little bit about, uh, obviously that's a huge win for anybody getting an ADCC gold medal. Talk a little bit about what it was like going into it, what your camp was like, what you were thinking going into that tournament. What what was the situation like for you? Um, I trained a lot. The ADCC is one of the tournaments that I train more because it is one tournament that I really appreciate to, to compete. It's a big tournament. And it's in the end of the year. It's after the all the geese season. So I'm able to train like for two months, just no gi straight for the for the ADCC. Even because it doesn't have any other no gi tournaments before that. All the the no gi tournaments is after the this time is like Brazilian Nationals and World's no gi. So training for ADCC is usually like a two two months camp. It's hard because it's a very low weight for me. Uh, to make 60 kilos is really hard. I just I just make weight like in the last week, and but like the camp is always good because I love the takedowns. I love to fight for the submission like without points, without to have to worry about the points and things like that. And I really I really enjoy to to come. I to be honest, I start to like no gi because of ADCC. 
before I didn't really like Nogi. Um, I competed on a few Nogi words, but it wasn't like something that, oh, that's like really, really nice. Like I like it, but it wasn't like my favorites. And, but because I really want to compete ADCC, I started to do more Nogi and that's when I start to really enjoy the training and the competition. And there in, in, in Brazil, uh, was hard because I lost and I was a lot of people uh, from Brazil my family was there watching and things like that so when I fought 2017 was in Finland a totally different place the stage was like almost empty and but I was like so focused I really want to win like so bad because it was one of the the only the only medals that I didn't have um, the, the gold medal that I did, and the, the title that I didn't have so it was like something that I really enjoyed to f- competing, and uh, my bracket was just like tough mats, tough girls, and uh, I was able to to submit all my fights, all three fights that I that I did, I got the submission. So it was something that I end up like really proud, not just because I I was able to conquer the, the title that I really want, but because I think I was a hundred percent on it, you know, like he, I got out the three submissions, so. Uh, I was feeling like on the on point for for the competition. I was feeling really and and I proved that I was really ready to be there and to compete and that I really deserved the title because um, I did everything great in the great in a great way. Hey Kyle, I think we can uh, we can run this asset here, but Bia, I wanted to, wanted to ask you. Um, you mentioned that you didn't love Nogi Worlds. It wasn't your favorite. And that training for ADCC made you fall in love with Nogi. Was it the addition of heel hooks or the strong emphasis on, on wrestling? You know, what changed for you? And, and why, why did you really start to love it so much? I think the, the stand-up part, the wrestling part, uh, it, made, it made me more more comfortable too because it, I wasn't really a person that... I, I did judo, I did wrestling a lot like to help you with jiu-jitsu, but with the gi is different. So I... Like I said, I was always a guard player, so I didn't have really to worry. I had a good base, stand-up base, but I didn't really have to worry about it, uh, to take it down, you know, because everybody was pulling guard. So training for ADCC was different because you cannot pull guard after when it starts to count the points because then you're going to get a minus one. So I had to be good on the takedowns. Um, so I started to train more the takedowns and also the way that, like, you have to fight for the submission, especially in the beginner. Um, it made more excited the training and the competition. So I think that's some of the things that it, that make me like more and enjoy more the training and and have more fun during the training, especially during the tournament too. The the, the way that submission, uh, not a lot of things that you cannot do. You can do like everything, just fight hard, fight forward, and go for the submission. That's uh, I have to worry about when I when I compete at DCC. So that's something I really enjoy. So let's talk about this match going on right here. You're fighting Fion, who would go on to become one of your rivals. You probably didn't know much about her at this point, right? <laughs> I I didn't know about her at all. She was a brown belt back there. And I was just like focused on the submission, like I said. And I was able to close guard. And she, she was like at first, if you see the beginning of the fights, like we... we Changed some like uh, snatch down like on the neck. And I felt like, oh my God, she's strong. And but I was able to close the guard, and then was like a, a nice arm bar. Um, and then I I use it to joke around because I I, I don't mind like about what happened. Uh, of course, I really wanna I wanna fight fight her again. I was look, really looking forward to to win this this last year the ADCC. But I always joke around and say that she just gave me the arm bar back. <laughs> 
one for one. How how excited are you to maybe take on Fionn in the future? That has to be the match that you you want the most. Um, I mean, like I have fought her a couple of times. I think we fought already maybe like four times, and this last one was the only time that she she won. But of course, I want to end up winning, <laughs> so I want to be the last one to win. But like, um, I want to fight her, but it's not something that I, that I'm gonna focus on it. I mean, I'm to be honest, I'm just like focus on on getting back on tournament and getting back on on shape and compete and do a good show. But of course, fighting with her is is on my plan, uh, and anything it's gonna happen at some time soon. Who is this? This is Nicolini, huh? Okay. Yeah, it's Michelle Nicolini. She's one of the girls that he fought a lot, a lot of ADCCs, like since like I think maybe 2011. She's she's like veteran on ADCCs, and she fights like good in Ogi. She has a a good like hook guard, like with the the shin to shin and triangles. So she she's one of like that that has more aggressive guards too. Um, so it's always like really nice to fight with her. Um, we, uh, I, I, I think I mentioned before, but like he won no rewards. I fought Nicolini in the weight class. I made she tap on on the on the armbar, I think, and then right after a few hours later, she she made me tap in the in the footlock in the open class finals. So we never know what's gonna happen in a match with us. <laughs> Talk to walk. So you you just passed your guard right there, huh? Or not quite yet? But talk, walk us through this match. What's going on? Not here? really, yeah. <laughs> not really. But um, I was trying. But it, like I said, she has a really good hook recover there. Yeah, see? nice little hook um, sweep there. She like right when you think you're gonna pass, she get the hook and then she sweep or she recover the guard or she shin attack to the triangle. What's one of her strongest positions? So um, uh, you have really to be careful when you, when I fight with her but uh, in this in this in this position I'm gonna get like a calf slice right there um, what's one of, of of my strongest positions in the no game and it's not a lot of people that know about that and she just tapped it uh, I did I don't think she knew about the the position but yeah. see I hug it I hug her yeah you got, you're not the, yeah playing with fire a little bit there, there and, and there double pull Playing, playing with fire and double but, pull right there because Michelle's, Michelle's got such a great <laughs> footlock, right? I mean, that's a dangerous position to put yourself. Yeah, exactly. For sure, no. Double pull with her is so dangerous. She, her footlock is like he's one of like the most, uh, the one that gets like so quick, It's you have to pay attention. But I think she didn't know about the 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 the, the block that I did, the, the calf slice. So I think that surprised her. And this was a good one. Talk a little bit about this one. Here's another girl you fought a few times, Bianca Basilio. Yeah, I fought Bianca a lot, like a lot of times, Gi, no Gi. And she's a tough girl. I think he, Bianca has a lot of heart. She's one of the, that persons that doesn't give up easy. Uh, she she keeps fighting to the end. And he's, he's excited to fight with her too. Uh, but she has a mood sometimes. Like some sometimes that I fought her, I felt that she gave up uh, a little bit. Um, I don't know if it's because, like, we have fight a lot of times, then I know how hard it is, you know. But see, like, she fights to the end. She doesn't give up. So that's one of the most hard and excited fights. Um, especially Nogi, you know, like, slide a lot. He's so slippery um, when we are so sweat. But it was so exciting. We fought, I think it was, like, 17 minutes. Um, I don't really remember when I fought this much time, this much time, this long, you know. Yeah. And especially if a scramble girl like her, 
but she's tough she she's young and like one of the girls that uh that i think it's gonna fight for a while is still competing and uh, one of the the toppest uh girls that been competing now but this this match is really excited because we scramble a lot and <laughs> we fought all the way to the outside who's that Patricia, yeah, guess, uh, who's that guy got, got chased away there? Was that it looked like Derek? Uh, it was Laddie. <laughs> and some Bia, cameras too. Bia, I got a question for you. Do you get a little extra in the Bia zone when you fight Bia Basilio? <laughs> because because people call her Bia Basilio, they, you know, and you guys have similar names. Are you trying to show who's the real Bia and Queen of the Mass? <laughs> who's what, the true Bia? <laughs> That's it. You know, I think he. Um, um, our time uh, against Bianca because he, the way that we fought a lot of times um, and I felt that at some point she wasn't really respecting me as an athlete and especially her her crew wasn't like really respecting and it happened in, Brazil, in one of the Brazilians that we fought people was talking a lot of bad things and I felt this so disrespectful especially for me that I, um, man, I'm a long time fighter she's just coming up right now I respect her because she's coming up in, a, in one of the top level fighters as a, one of the top level fighters but I think that uh, especially for his arriving right now in the black belt level we have really to respect so he's there for a long time and who is helping you to get there because everybody that came before me everybody that came with me and that everybody that is coming right now we still open doors we still like keep giving like space for the, the the girls that are coming you know so i felt like he really bad in that time and then after that we we now we talk him we talk to each other. There is no problem in between us. But I think on that time was like he, uh, a lot of like rivality. How do I say? Uh, rivalry. That rivalry. Was, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so that's it was a at, hard word for me. It, 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 it was at uh, Brasileiro. Uh, that, at Brasileiro, uh, her team, Almeida, is pretty deep there. They got all the blue belts and purple belts there. Yeah, that chan- yeah, yeah. so I could see them going after you there for sure. It's the hometown tournament. Yeah. How do you, um, so how do you that like, was one of the hard times. What do you think about ADCC? We just saw you run into the cameraman. You guys almost hit the TV screen a little <laughs> while ago. What do you think about yeah. uh, about this style of competition? Uh, I, I really like it. I like the way they let us fight too, too hard. Like just, like, just keep it going, girls. Just fight. That's what, what we want to see, you girls fighting. <laughs> and I love that. Uh, we was going everywhere. I feel like we was we, we was using all You're the like mats. 30 feet off the mat <laughs> we right didn't there. Care. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't care. Let's use it. They, we have all this space. Let's use it all. You know? And I think that's like something interesting because uh, um, the, fight is, the fight in between us is always like hard like that. And I was like giving everything. And that's I think what like people took it to personal and it wasn't. But and then after that was all good. And then so, I won in, in after this fight too, so it was okay. <laughs> what What did it mean to you on this day to become an ADCC champion? What, how did that feel for you? Uh, uh, this was one of my biggest accomplishments because, uh, uh, like I said, ADCC was one of the only titles that I didn't have until that day. So I was really looking up. Uh, since 2011, I was looking to compete at ADCC. I was still brown belt, but there was a lot of girls, uh, Brazilian girls already competing. So when I, I talked to them, they said, oh, I'm sorry, uh, we don't have a spot for you right now because there is like already five Brazilian girls 
I think back in that day, it was like um, Kira Gracie, Michelle Nicolini, Luana Uzugi. So it was a lot of Brazilians already in the bracket. And then 2013, uh, when they find, they, they invited me to, to compete, but uh, I had uh, surgery. Uh, I, I heard my hamstring fighting at the uh, World's Finals against Gabi Garcia. And I had that surgery right after that. And it was like two months before ADCC, so I wouldn't be able to train or get ready. Um, for that so I had like to to say no and 2015 was the first time I fought and then like the all the rules different I was too excited it was something that I really wanted so bad so I had some mistakes about the rules in the fight and then I lost I was like fighting really good but my mistake was about the about the rules and then so finally in 2017 after all these happened I was like man that's my time I have to win this I really wanted this title so I, I train it so hard. I think that's why I end up with all fights with submissions and like fighting good, fighting forward with takedowns, passing guards, sweeps. So all my mats I did, I was ready for any situation, you know. Anything that happens, I would be ready. So I think that's one thing that I made me proud of myself too because it, um, the most I want to, to be on in there and to get that title made me be ready and like really dedicate myself so when I won it was really really exciting and just like yeah accomplishment getting the the gold was something that I really want so it was really fun and happy time <laughs> somebody in the YouTube and I comments... wanted that I wanted that again <laughs> yeah I bet somebody in the YouTube comments just gave a, a pretty cool idea would you do a nogi match with Ronda Rousey that sounds Sounds like a hell of a match. Oh, that would be fun, huh? <laughs> I don't think she would do that, but definitely it would be so much fun. Uh, I think we both like so good in armbar, so would be a challenge to see who would tap in the armbar first. <laughs> so that ADCC clip uh, leads in well to the question we, we've been having lately, like people ask a question for the person that's on the next day. Yesterday we had Gary Tonin and Gordon on here, and Gordon's question for you, he says, if ADCC makes a third weight class, would you still cut the 60 kilograms or would you go up to like a middleweight class? Would you be done with 60 kilograms if they made a third one? Um, depending on how much would the end, where would the end the, the middleweight, I would do middleweight because it's really hard for me to cut for 60 kilos, like I said. Uh, it's just like very low. I use it. Um, right now I'm walking around like because I'm out of season, of course, I'm walking around around 70 kilos. So think about to cut 10 kilos when i go back to train i walk around 65 uh so still cut like five kilos to 60 kilos um i never go that low uh for for worlds and gear tournaments i think i cut to 62 and that's already like really hard to me so these last two kilos to to be able to go to 60 kilos is like is like almost cutting my legs or my arm to to help or shaving my hair. <laughs> so <laughs> I definitely, if, he, if he's not like too high, like 80 kilos, if they do like 280 kilos, that's going to be so hard, too, too high to me. Then I have to still cut to, to 60. But if they do like maybe 70 kilos, um, for sure I would be on that on that division. So then uh, tomorrow our guests will be uh, Buchecha and Pergisa, both of them. So if you want to think up something, if you have some jujitsu or any type of related question for those, one of those guys for us to ask tomorrow, and uh, we'll get it to them. Um, I think two like big names in jujitsu. Um, I would I would ask Buchecha if he's gonna still looking for the fifteen. 
um, B15, yeah, <laughs> like great one. for words next. <laughs> and for Pregisa, I would ask him how much he want to fight ADCC again once he, he, he lost he, his last match um, in last ADCC, just like uh, it happened to me. So I'm really looking up to fight ADCC again. Is one of the tournaments that I most want to compete. Um, I don't know if just because I lost or if because I really love to compete on that tournament, but that would be my question for him if he he's really looking up, if it's one tournament that he enjoyed to compete, especially like fighting a special match uh, against Andrago Vaughn that I was really excited to watch. If he looking up to compete again and to, to get like the open class um, title again or if it's just like one more regular tournament for him. Uh, we Two have good a, questions. Nice yeah, for you. really Thank good you. ones. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we yeah. have a uh, we have <laughs> we have a uh, uh, fan question here in the YouTube comments from a guy Yanni K uh, Yoni maybe. Uh, says, "Who did you look up to early in your career when you were coming up? Who did you look up to the most?" Um, I look. I, I was I was glad that I had Larry all the time with me uh, since I was really young. Since I was twelve, we used it to train together. So she was already a black belt. Uh, world world champion a few times so she was the one that i i had the pleasure to be with and that i was able to look up uh, really close because she was i was like i was training with her, her training uh everything that she did and back in the days we didn't really have like the social media like instagram follow everybody that you that you like to watch so i was able to watch her live you know but a lot of girls that uh, I really appreciate, other girls that I appreciate um, back th- in the days when I was coming up, it was Hanette Stack and like Caviera too. Uh, besides Letty, that it was my biggest inspiration. Always, um, I really, I really think he, like Caviera and Hanette Stack, was two of like big fighters that um, inspired me a lot and then opened a lot of doors for all the girls that um, are professionals right now. I have uh, I have my last question of the day, and I hope I didn't ask too many, but um, I- I'm not too sure if you know this. I consider you the female GOAT, the female, the greatest of all time. You've won world championships, IBJJF, World Pro, Pan Ams, Brasileros, uh, you know, uh, ADCC, EBI. You're the only female competitor out there to win all of those competitions. Uh, as the greatest female jiu-jitsu competitor ever, what do you think needs to happen to kind of grow women's jujitsu uh, to get more people, to get more women, you know, getting in the door and to grow, you know, sort of more people, uh, more women going to compete and just that whole aspect of the sport. Give us your opinion, the female goats. We want to hear it. <laughs> oh, I appreciate that. Like, I really like the, the lady goat. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that your license plate on your car? Yeah, it is. It's BJJ Gold. <laughs> BJJ <laughs> for you. I love that. Good for you. I'm, Good for you, Bia. I really love that. <laughs> I love that. Good for you. And like, I just, I just like you. Uh, you know, like I really, I really love this, this signature because uh, that's how I have done my life, and now I fight for is like to be, to be able to achieve this, this, this name, you know, to be one of the greatest. Um, I dedicate myself for that, you know. Uh, all I have done, all the tournaments, everything I do, is not just like to get the gold medals, but to inspire people to be to be their their best, you know, to give their best. So I think he, being able to to show it to to everybody that I I did my best and that I keep doing it. 
Uh, it's just like something that um, uh, a big accomplishment to me. So that's why I enjoy that so much. <laughs> and it's it's really fun. But what was the question again? I even forgot. I was like getting like so like, oh, let it go. <laughs> number, number one, you know you're the GOAT. So we'll, we'll get rid of that. Number two was women's jiu-jitsu. How do you think we can grow women's jiu-jitsu? Women coming oh, in the yeah. door in the academies and the sport. I think, like, first thing is, like, the girls that is already on the gym, be welcome. Like, uh, you should remember how much, how hard it was when you first started jiu-jitsu. And you should be welcome to the girls that are starting and getting to the gym and arriving there to the door. And, and you know, like, back in the days, I used it to train just with guys. Uh, I didn't really have girls when I was, like, back in Brazil uh, to train. So I think one of the most scary things is when you walk to the to the jiu-jitsu class and you see so many guys sweating and fighting around so that sometimes is a bit scary so if you're able to welcome the girl to your gym and talk to them show them like um, how it's gonna be for their life and like tell them uh, which things that it's gonna help like her self-confidence her self-defense and everything that's gonna change to her life I think that's something um, everybody should really do if you have like the girls that are already at the gym and you sh if you see somebody new coming to the class I think that helps a lot that's what we, we do at our academy and then we show oh we have this girl and this girl they compete and they do this they do that so it's really it's really cool to welcome the person that have never been to the to the academy and I think for the competition level something that we really miss is like the the same level as the guys and like more tournaments that we get paid um a lot of tournaments that we have super fights you know so most of the tournaments we have 10 super fights for the guys and one girl so this when we have girls in the tournament so I think he uh, is really excited to watch the girls match uh, I think you guys agree with me we have seen like so many good fights of girls like he, and so aggressive fights and, and, and fun to watch so why not to have like more super fights of girls like I said I always get so excited when I see girls that have something personal from before fighting again so why not like he, the the <laughs> The tournaments that have super fights invest on the girls, maybe like have two, three. I know that's hard to have half and half because you have a lot of more guys. But maybe if you have at least like two fights for, for girls in every like super match tournament, that would be really cool. Would help a lot. Girls would be able to have more opportunities to travel, to get money, and to do another another trips, you know. So I, I think, and also for the for the marketing of themselves too, you know. I think as more. People see us around, see us competing, uh, watch our fights that get easier for our lives and our our self-marketing for uh, sponsors and for people to know us and everything. So I think that something would help a lot to have all the the um, the challenges of like tournaments, having more girls to, to competing. Well, B, I think that just about wraps us up here. We've got a couple minutes left. Um, we usually give this as a chance for you to say something to your fans watching at home. If you have a message to, to send out to the world, this is your, your chance to, to say that now. Um, first of all, thank you guys for having me here. It's always great to talk with all of you. And like, 
I think you, like I said last time, what are you guys doing? Like bringing out the the jujitsu legends here and like the good fighters to talk about themselves, to talk about like uh, what's happened to their life. It make people uh, know that we are just like regular persons <laughs> and like that pass through hard time as everybody does and everybody's doing right now, especially. But what I wanted to say is everybody to stay safe, stay like healthy. Stay active, try to keep your mind like you're learning maybe something new or studying jiu-jitsu, go to flow grappling, watch the other videos. <laughs> um, and but like keep active and keep your mind on uh, doing something. Don't just like keep it thinking about all the hard time you're going through, um, thinking about how hard it's gonna be when you go back because it is made um, our body uh, sick too. And so I think that's the most thing that I think that's important. For people just like to keep activate, go go for a run if you have a chance, or just like work out at home if you want to stay home. If you have to stay home, if you don't have like a um, open area to do any exercise, just like stay home but stay active. Do solo drills, do yoga classes. We have a lot of things online right now, so just like enjoy this time to to stay active and or learn something new that I think is important too. Because soon everything's gonna end and you have to be healthy and ready to go back to our real life and give you everything we have. All this rest time it's gonna come with a lot of energy to to do a lot of good stuff when uh we are free to to go out again. <laughs> Ricardo, uh you can send a little message to your fans out there too. <laughs> well to my number one fan Bear from Show Your Roll I'll see you. I'm getting ready for who's number three. No no submissions. All submissions banned. We're going to have our super fight. It's happening 2021, guys. So I'll see you. But Ricardo, on a serious <laughs> note, you have a you have a show debuting tomorrow, right? Uh, mention your, your new show. Yeah. We're so plugging tomorrow, it, guys, Come on. Uh, Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, we got the new show debuting tomorrow called Old School. Myself and Howell Teague. We're going to be talking to the, uh, about the legends of the sport. Special, special episode number one tomorrow is going to be the man himself, the godfather of modern jiu-jitsu. I won't, I won't spoil it. You guys got to tune in tomorrow. You got to check it out tomorrow. And then <laughs> next week, we're going to get to another special guest. But guys, tune in. We're going to tell their stories. We're going to talk about their techniques. We're going to talk about you know their impact on jiu-jitsu. So stay tuned. Old school debuts tomorrow. Thank you very much, Michael Sears. Uh, so tomorrow, like we Good said, time. we have... Buchecha and Pergisa on the show tomorrow. We have uh, the day after that is JT Torres and Andre Galvao. We got Big O, Orlando Sanchez on Friday. Next week, a bunch of big guests coming too. Gabby Garcia, Craig Jones. Who else is next week? Got Lovato, Drysdale, and Hulk, I think. So yeah, there's a a, 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 stacked lineup. Ton ton of big guests coming. Ricardo's new show, Ricardo and Howell's new show tomorrow. Old school, Saturday match rewind, of course, on Saturday. And stay tuned. We got some other big news coming soon about a new show that's going to debut next week. Bia, thank you so much for calling in. Uh, Hopefully this quarantine gets over soon so you can get out and start cruising in your BJJ goat car again. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Have fun over there. Thank All right. Thank you, guys. I appreciate that. Okay, everyone. We'll see you in the next episode of Who's Number One tomorrow afternoon at 5 p.m. or 5.30 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll see you guys.